It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, April 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that can and can't believe that the Sabres have swept the Flyers this season. Oh, I can believe it. Well, at the beginning of the season, I might not have thought that this would be the end result, but as we know it now, sure. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with my other podcast half, Russ Cohen, who is Sportsology on Twitter. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. She'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so today we are going to talk about the Sixers. No, sorry. <laughs> of course, we are going to talk about the Flyers back-to-back against the Sabres. And it's Monday, so we've got our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Russ. So this was kind of a brutal weekend of games. And I think that for me, the biggest aspect of it that was disappointing was just, I think, the lack of ability to maintain a certain level of energy throughout the games and to respond to either their own momentum shift, like they could not continue to capitalize when they scored goals but then at the same time they couldn't shift momentum very well especially on Sunday yeah no question um this team doesn't know how to ride the ebbs and flows they know when they score they're you know they're happy that they scored they get that little bit of fired upness uh I just made that up as a word because it's you know it's that that part of the day but they just you know they'll ride that for a little while but they can't sustain it and it's really kind of maddening that there's no rhyme or reason to it. You, they could be one goal up, two goals up, and then it all fail. Yeah, it's you know really disappointing sometimes when you see that. And I don't know whether that's a coaching thing with them or it's a we're just trying to ride this season out thing. But to me, it, it just feels like it's something that you could – learn to do and if you don't already know how to do it what are you doing in sports <laughs> i mean it's that level of disappointment right it's weird because it's kind of like i guess this is like this sleepwalking effect that some players yeah. have they don't do it on purpose they certainly get fired up in the locker room they want to win but it's kind of like i don't know it's it's kind of like the wildly coyote effect where you know something happens in the game it feels like the anvil fell on them, and then that's it for the rest of the game. You're never going to get that same um, 
crispness or good look the rest of the game. And it's just, it's hard for fans. I, and I feel bad. The, the, on Sunday, it was the quietest I had ever heard the arena. You heard fans. You actually heard them in the press box. Wow. Noah Cates actually alluded to this in the post game, where he said that, you know, coming from a team in college where he's won a national championship, there's just a swagger to a locker room mm-hmm. and that the Flyers do not have that swagger that he said, you know, of course, he's being diplomatic, but he's saying there are great leaders in this room, but they can't combine forces to create a swagger that just allows people to win games almost by rote because they have the muscle memory of how to do it. Right. And see, this is why I am an advocate of Kate's playing center, getting control of more of the ice for this team, because he's not only wise beyond his years, but he knows how to win. There's too many guys on this team that don't know how to win anymore. And this kid does. And and that's that's a big thing. And the fact that they're not letting him play center is just mind boggling to me. Because you see, he has an effect on every game. At least two or I mean, at least two or three good plays defensively, at least a good hockey IQ play or two, sometimes a goal, sometimes an assist. You know, like I said, he's not a superstar player, but he is a very valuable player. And everybody in the media now realizes how good he is. I think they kind of took it for granted, like, hey, he's you know, he's coming in. He doesn't have the name that Morgan Frost does or anybody else, but you could see what a winning tradition and being well-coached can do for you. Yeah, and, you know, he had his first multiple-point game on Sunday that mm-hmm. despite all the problems the Flyers were were having, you know, he got a goal and an assist in the game and created opportunities. I think his play away from the puck is getting better with each game that passes, and he's just really getting a sense of the flow. And I think eventually he could just – maybe he's not the guy that – takes complete control of a game but he's the guy that you put out there when you need to have a complimentary piece to make something happen yeah i mean when there's like when he's on the ice and there's sort of like loose pucks in the neutral zone and other areas he knows how to calm it down and get it to a safe place on the ice not everybody in this team does that anymore and sometimes they just sort of chip it and kind of robotically just do that so i i really appreciate noah cave Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that between the two games on Saturday and Sunday, they kept only one line consistent, and that was the Farabee-Frost-Bobby Brink line, which I think is a good thing in the sense that you want the younger guys playing together because, again, they are the future of this team. But at the same time, I kind of want to see Cates in the mix with those guys as well. I think you're right on that. And I think you should want to see that because I think Brink, while he has some good shifts, he has bad shifts too. Like he's one that Mm -hmm. you could see the good and the bad. And that's okay. I mean, he's a young player, so I would never kill him for it. But if he had someone that also was a college player that they kind of get how these guys played when they were both in college, I think that would be very complimentary. But I think you have thought of something that Mike Yo hasn't thought of, honestly. (laughs) Well... It has to happen sometimes, I guess. Um, the other thing I want to talk about as far as you know, player deployment is the difference in what they did with the D pairings 
between the two games because we saw for the first time and and they kind of made a big deal of it that Igor Zamula was paired up with Ivan Provorov on Saturday and that you know it was something Zamula was looking forward to doing from a career perspective uh, but then, you know, on Sunday, they kind of switched it around again. So Provi was back with Sanheim, which is the default when Risto is unavailable as he continues to be unavailable. Um, and Zamula was with Connaughton, which I'm not sure kind of helped or hurt, to be honest. Um, I mean, Zamula had a rough game Sunday just because McEwen like took him out <laughs> with his stick. Right. But, but I do think that we need to see more of Zamula with a high-powered defensive style like Provi plays versus what Connaughton plays. No, agreed, because, you know, that's how he's going to learn. I think for the most part, he has looked good. His skating's been good. I think for every one bad decision you might find, he's going to make five or six good ones. He's good with the puck. He could pass it well. He skates well enough. I think there's something to that. And letting him play with Provorov was good because – that's who he looks up to. Zamula looks up to Provorov. That's a big deal. And that could really accelerate him. Not to say he's going to play on the top pairing with him. He's not. But just to get a few games in that way wouldn't be a bad thing. And it's just, again, I don't know why Mike Yo is micromanaging this so that he had to change it up today because you got the same result. Right. So, like, really, what's the difference? Exactly. And that was what my confusion was. Why don't you keep that consistent, that pairing consistent for two or three games? Right. Now we're kind of running out of games in terms of having stretches where you can keep certain player combinations together to get data. You know, I think he's mixing it up too much. He is. And this is ultimately the problem is as we are running out of games, there's still going to be more questions than answers here with what might work next season, pairings-wise and line-wise, especially line-wise. Pairings-wise, I think you have a little better of an idea. Line-wise, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to continue to talk about the weekend games coming up next. We're going to talk about goaltending a little bit as well as special teams because I think that was a huge part of what went wrong against Buffalo. I want to take a moment to talk to you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while tasting, still tasting good. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports better mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially having into the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a, in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do 
is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Russ, we got to see Felix Sandstrom again in net on Sunday. And while I do not enjoy the reasoning why he was in net, being that Carter Hart is injured, um, I do appreciate the opportunity to see him in net at the NHL level. And I got to say, especially in the third period, I thought, you know, he was making some really great saves and kind of kept the the Flyers in this one. He did. I mean, <clears throat> he was getting hung out to dry a lot. He did at least two snow angels that I could count. Uh, he stopped Skinner on that on that breakaway attempt, which was fantastic. I really, I mean, he had to go from one side of the post to the other to make that save, and it's not like Skinner has a you know slow release. So that was challenging. Mm-hmm. He was up for that. I thought he played great. I thought the defense around him was lousy. Yeah, I, I mean that's really what it was. There was like a lack of coverage. I don't think there was heads on swivels as they say right um i think positioning could have been there if they were just looking to see where the other guys were uh at at times but i I do think that sandstrom is settling in a little bit better at the nhl level and um more and more i'm glad that he'll be part of the conversation to compete for that backup job for next season yeah me too i think he should and it's a shame like sam urson right now is still injured um you know, a few years ago, I felt like he had just edged out Sandstrom and they were like neck and neck. And now because of injury, Sandstrom's in a good in the driver's seat again. I think so, too. Shifting gears over to special teams or unspecial teams, I guess, <laughs> for the Flyers. And after this game, the Flyers officially have not only the worst power play in the NHL at under 10% now. It's down to 99 It's really hard to be that low. Honestly, it is. It is really hard. And now it's also officially the worst penalty kill at 69.3%. They were in the second worst position, uh, but this game uh, put them over that edge. They were 0 for 6 on the power play for the weekend. The Sabres, on the other hand, were 2 for 4 on Saturday and 2 for 2 on Sunday on the power play. And that is atrocious, Russ. It really was. Um, The one second power play goal... Like it almost the the clock almost expired. It was that close, but Flyers lucky counted as a power play goal. Listen, they're letting guys wind up on one timers. They're blocking fewer shots now than ever before. There's just so much bad. You know, honestly, I can't even tell you that there's two aggressive guys out on every penalty kill shift now. Where you figure, all right, they've got a real beat on this. They barely get clears. You know, they get one or two, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the other team knows, even if there's like 15 seconds, they still feel like they can score. They, the, other, the, other, the opponents no longer get frustrated. Yeah, I think on the power play, obviously the issues, at least for me, continue to be that they're too stationary. And the only times where I feel like I see something that's a little bit more urgent from them is when Bobby Brink is out there and and his passes are a little bit quicker than everybody else's. But again, Mm -hmm. 
I think he's being coached positionally in the wrong way. Like, he is. I think he is being his instinct to be more in motion is being tampered down. And you can see it. You can see it happening because you can see him trying to find the lanes there and that everybody else is in such a spot where he's trapped and he can't do what he does best. Yeah, it's odd to see him not shooting because they had him on the hammer side, which again, on either of those sides, those guys should be shooting. So yep. if you feel like he's going to be passing on on the power play, then he should be in a different spot. And he probably would agree with you because right now that's his comfort level. And so I think you're right about that. And all he really can do is where he is on, on the one side is just circle back and look for another pass. And sometimes he finds it, but he started to make some mistakes too later in the game on that, some some bad decisions. One of them almost became an empty net goal with, with the extra man out there. So that's that's stuff where you the coaches have to help him, and they're not. Well, and that's the big question here for me, right? Because now we have to look at this power play and the penalty kill that have been terrible all season and have been a big problem for this team. And they've lost a lot of games because of it. I and think. it's bad Lehigh too, so it's not like they have anybody yeah. down there with any answers. Exactly. So I'm just wondering, because, you know, we're going to have to go into this next season with at least, you know, a good portion of the same personnel. So can you make improvements on special teams entirely with coaching, a coaching change versus, you know, having to consider is a guy good at the power play or is a guy a good penalty kill specialist and bring them in. Is that part of your plan going into this off season? Well, a, a philosophy can help a lot and aggressiveness can too. And you saw barely anybody wanted to shoot on that last power play they had. Yep. Now, if you would have moved Brink and put Tippett there, at least, you know, Tippett's going to shoot. And, and then you could have Brink in a different spot. That to me makes more sense because that's the guy who is going to shoot no matter what. So you have to look at your players' tendency. It, it, all this tells me is that the coaching staff doesn't know the players well enough. They don't. And they may be doing everything they can, and it's all coming out wrong. And it's, you know, like if you look at the rest of the year, how many wins do you think the Flyers would get in the rest of the year? And they're not tanking. That's the, no. that's the bad part about this. This is just plain bad hockey. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, you mentioned Owen Tippett not being out there and he's a shooter so is ronnie adderd and he's not out yeah, there either true true but they but you you can't have it both ways rachel you saw sandheim out there so if you get sandheim then there's no adder you know there's like there's a game right. here you're not allowed oh, to <laughs> that's the I, you game you only have one nice thing one that's nice it. thing so you have to make a decision now it's up to you Oh, yeah, it it is brutal. But yeah, I think, you know, like I said, special teams have been plaguing this team all season. And I think this weekend was just a microcosm of all of those issues. I mean, even even Taryn Hatcher's sick. I hope she gets well soon. She she missed part of the broadcast last night. And I think maybe even today wasn't on part of it. So I hope she gets better. Everything's going wrong. All right. Well, we are going to get out all of our frustrations in the next segment because we'll have our nemesis of the week. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. 
Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, at the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We've been talking about Bilt Bar on this show for a long time, and by now, you know how much we love them. But Bilt Bar has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Bilt.com, you scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have so many delicious flavors in their regular bars, like McBrownie, Raspberry, and Cherry Barcia. New flavors are coming out all the time at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it delicious, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, before we get into our nemesis of the week, I just want to mention real quickly, it was so nice to see Shel Samuelson's son in the game for Buffalo Mm -hmm. uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, just like having that Flyers connection, even though it was on the Sabres, knowing that he grew up in the area and was around the Flyers all the time. uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see him there. It was. Matias, you know, grew up in Voorhees. Uh, and, yeah, he knows all the players, coaches, all the heroes, everything. Uh, I did have to ask him one of those questions about being at home, though, because it wasn't coming up. And then after I asked one, then another one came up. But he was thrilled. Like, he he always tries to tamp it down. I've, I've gotten used to talking to him, so I kind of know how he acts. So, yeah, he was. this was a big game for him. He really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought he played really well, too. So He plays with Darlene, too. And th- this could I turn know. into a pairing next year. Listen. That could be a thing. This is why last week we named the Buffalo Sabres as our nemesis of the week, because it absolutely came to fruition where we saw a lot of those, you know, younger guys playing yep. well, just like Matias and you know, there's a lot of potential for this team and a lot of young stars that maybe aren't at their peak yet. But you could see, you know, two years down the line, the Sabres being a very competitive playoff team, which I think is good for the league overall. I think that's where they're heading. Uh, You know, Anders Bork is another one who uh, they had picked up, I think, for the Bruins. I followed him since his days with the U.S. team. And Really good skater, can score goals. He had a nice goal tonight, but the nice he had a first, he had a good chance early on. But the, when he scored his second goal, he was shocked that nobody was around him, and that's because the Flyers had a bad change, and they were literally changing while he was about to get the puck in the offensive zone. It was just 
horrible. And again, this is like the second or third player in the last two weeks that was shocked on how much room they had or a bad play like that was happening. And it, this has become a theme now. And I don't know if you could just get rid of this in one off season. Like, that's the weird part. This is like now getting baked in. Well, looking at our upcoming week and trying to pick a nemesis, uh, we are facing the Leafs and the Habs this week. So I got to pick Canada as our nemesis. But we love Canada. We do love Canada as a country. But sometimes we do not enjoy their hockey teams, depending on who's playing who in what situations. And so I, I feel like Canadian hockey teams are our nemesis for this upcoming week. Well, I'm going to go with pollen because the <laughs> pollen count being so high is killing me this week. And it's it's rare that I have to check my phone and see what the pollen count is. But man, I have just been under siege for like the last three days. Uh, and a big shout out to Amy Irvin, who gave me a Benadryl the other day. Uh, she brought it in for me. Otherwise, I would not have gotten through the game. It's just been bad. And this is why my voice goes from regular to froggy right now. So it is completely my nemesis. I understand the bees need it, but I don't need it. Yeah, it's been a, a rough week for a lot of people with allergies. So I absolutely get that. Um, I'm going to completely go back on what I just said about Canada being our nemesis. <laughs> There are nemesis from an NHL perspective, but if you look at the junior hockey world and the CHL, yeah. we are on the precipice of their playoff season. We're going to have a real Memorial Cup this year, which yep. I'm super excited about it. And there's a ton of Flyers prospects that are all going to be in those playoffs. So even though the Flyers aren't in the playoffs, we can potentially see some future Flyers in the CHL playoffs. And one of those guys is Tyson Forster, mm -hmm. who had a really cool breakaway goal over the weekend. And that is our Flyers fun thing to end the show. Yeah, this is why I, I was happy that he got sent back because I figured it would elongate his season in the long run. And it is. And that's why I'm going to be sad when it doesn't happen for the guys for the Phantoms. But at least it's happening for some yeah. of the other developing guys. And that's important. It is absolutely important, and especially with Forster missing a whole bunch of the season due to yes. injury, for him to have additional playing time is absolutely key. So it, it was a good thing that they sent him back down to junior. But we will be talking about one of the teams from our nemesis, the Toronto Maple Leafs, when we preview that matchup tomorrow. It's also Phantoms Tuesday. We have a lot to catch up there, especially with the, I think, the candle going out on their playoff <laughs> possibility. But is it a candle? Is it an oil lamp? I'm not sure know. what it is. I don't know. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions, your prospect questions, anything you want to know via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.